0: Uh, in case we haven't had the opportunity to meet my name is Brandon and uh, my wife and I Jenny uh, we have the opportunity the privilege of serving here on our pastoral team and I just want to say once again on behalf of Pastors Gil and Debbie and all of our pastors and leaders across our different campuses want to just say welcome to church and thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday morning or whenever you're watching this whether it's Sunday afternoon or evening or it's a Thursday right now Uh, thank you for taking time to join us, and uh, I just want to continue to affirm our heart is that uh, these moments really would matter. Our heart is that through everything we do, uh, whether we're online or in person, whether it's a service or we're at a coffee shop, that God's love would be confirmed, that hope would be renewed, and that faith would come to life. That's our prayer for you today, that wherever you are, whenever you're facing, you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you, Bible says God's love has been proven and demonstrated in the person of Jesus that because of Jesus, you would know whatever you're facing, there is hope. Your best days are still in front of you, and because of this love and this hope that we have, that our faith and our confidence in Jesus, that today it would would rise, it would go to a whole nother level. So we're praying for you, we're believing for God's best to happen in your life and the life of your family, and uh, we're excited for the days that are ahead. Can I get an amen in the chat, or if you're sitting at home with your family or uh, with a group of people, uh, just look at them and just say, "Amen." Come on, I'm—I got faith in you that you're participating right now, and that you're not uh, elbow deep into a bowl of cereal. Like I am not saying that right now. Hey, this morning we are continuing in a series that we've been in for the last number of weeks, uh, really the entirety of January that we've called this "Set Apart." Set apart. And we've been talking about in this month how we really believe as a church that God is calling us in this season to be even more set apart unto Him. And the Bible says, Be holy, for I am holy. Well, what does it mean to be holy? Where God, He is, He's singular. He's distinct. He's different. There is nobody and nothing that compares to him or is like him. And like God is set apart, the Bible says, because God is set apart. He's called us to, in relationship with him, be be set apart as well. You know, it's no surprise to anybody watching this, but we are living in um, maybe the most overused word of the last year and a half, unprecedented times. Uh, the The world, the culture in particular here in the United States of America it seems to just be getting darker seems to be to, to be getting more evil, more twisted, more confusing. But but we know that there is hope for the Bible says that as the world grows darker, as culture grows darker, that the light will shine even brighter, that there is an end days revival that is coming. And God wants to use you and I in this last day, end day revival to see people come to know the life and the love and the hope that is in Christ. As a matter of fact, it kind of brings me to Joshua 3, 5, which has been uh, our theme scripture, if you will, for the season. And I won't read it verbatim, but Joshua 3, 5, God speaks to Joshua and he says, Joshua, tell the people to sanctify themselves. Tell the people to set themselves apart for tomorrow, tomorrow, you can throw it in the chat, not today, tomorrow, for tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders amongst you. Brandon, why, why is it that we sense God's calling us into a deeper level of intimacy and consecration being set apart unto him? Because we, we really do believe that God wants to use you and I and and tomorrow he wants to do wonders amongst us. But if we want to see God do wonders amongst us tomorrow, we got to choose to be set apart Today, That's why we've been doing the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. P.S. Big shout out to everyone who completed the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Uh, last day is today. You're amazing. And uh, we're, we're believing that God did significant things in your life in these 21 days. But uh, that's why we're doing everything we're doing, because we, we have a hope. We have a faith. God, tomorrow, in the days to come, you want to do something significant in our life, through our life. And therefore, today, we will be set Set apart. As we conclude the series today, um, I want to conclude it on a pretty practical note. A pretty, pretty practical note. And I want to conclude the series today by just asking this very, very practical question: What is it that you are building your life with? What What is it that you are using? What material? What mindset? what What is it that you are currently constructing? And building the life that you live, the family that you have. What is your life being built with? With that question in mind, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 10. I want to read you a couple scriptures. If you have a Bible, you can go there. If not, um, you can follow along on the screen. But I'm reading on the New King James Version, and it says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 10, the apostle Paul is writing and he says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one. N- 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 nudge your neighbor right now. If you're watching by yourself, just just put 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 it in the chat. Say I'm, he's he's talking to you. Come on, nudge your neighbors. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He says, but let each one, let each one take heed, pay attention to how he builds on this foundation. Verse eleven. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Pause for a moment. Paul Paul is, is saying that the foundation of our life has been laid and that is Jesus Christ. The foundation of our life has been laid and that is our faith and our confidence that Jesus has once and for all finished the work. That because God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And simply by putting our faith and our trust in him, we were saved. That eternally we are secure. We will be with him in heaven, in paradise. That all of our sins have been forgiven. That we've been called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That all things that we need for life and godliness have already been provided for us. This is the foundation. And Paul said, I ensured, as a wise master builder, as one who was preaching and teaching and leading, I ensured that the foundation I was laying was Jesus Christ. However, Paul inserts this, since when I had you nudge your neighbor or put in the chat, he says, but but let everyone let all who are watching and listening, who are reading, who are a part of, of this online. He said, let everyone take heed and pay attention now to how he is building on the foundation that has been laid. Verse 12, well, the last verse I'll read. He continues on and, and he says, now if anyone built on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones wood, hay, or straw. Verse 13, I lied. One, one more verse. Verse 13, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Paul is looking around and he's using a picture that would have been very obvious to his listeners. He's looking around at the great Roman empire that you can still go today and, and most of it is still intact. You can still see the glory that was this Roman Empire because he's looking around at buildings and monuments and constructs that were made out of precious stone. Not like you know, rubies and diamonds, but precious stone things being like granite or marble. Th- things that they were made out of gold or silver. Material that would, that would last Material that it has withstood the test of time, that it's permanent, it's, it's, it's eternal, if you will, in, in nature, that it's, it's not going to get blown away because it gets windy. No, it will withstand the test of trial and the test of time. And then he looks over and and he looks at all these other houses and buildings that um, scholars will tell you were most likely the slave quarters. All the people on whose back Rome was being built lived in these temporary homes that were made out of wood or hay or straw that, well, they're not there today. You can go see the Roman Empire. You can't go see this because they were made out of material that was temporary, material that could not, would not, and did not withstand the test of time. And Paul's using this picture and he's asking the question. He's saying, hey, we all have the foundation of Christ that has been laid. All of us are, are standing on an equally secure foundation. However, not everyone will choose to build their life in the same fashion." However, just because you have the foundation doesn't mean you've made the choice. Paul says that you've taken heed and you're paying attention to, yeah, I have the foundation that is Christ, but how is it that I'm building and constructing my life? Am I using materials that are eternal? Materials that will withstand the test of time and trial, or am I using material that Wow, they'll be here today and gone, gone tomorrow. I'll ask the question again. It's kind of the way that I want to conclude this series. And it'll make more sense as we get towards the end. But, but as we're talking about being set apart, can I just ask the practical question this morning? What are you using to build, to construct the life that you are living? Because here, here's what I want. I want to build a life. I want to live a life that is, it's enduring I want to live a life that it withstands the test of trial and withstands the test of time. Matter of fact, if you are taking notes, you can write this down. The title of the message that I want to preach is a message that I'm, I'm simply titling this, A Life That Will Endure. Brandon, what is it that sets apart the people of God from people who are without God? Well, I'll tell you one thing that should be setting apart the people of God is that we are living lives, building lives with eternity in mind, not focused and fixated and distracted by by temporary things. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life, want to build a life that it will will endure can I pray for you this morning before I share a couple thoughts? God, I thank you today that already you are speaking to everyone who is listening, including myself. Already, Holy Spirit, you are stirring our hearts. You're stirring our hearts towards, towards considering what is it that we're using to build and construct this life that we are living. And I pray today that, Holy Spirit, you would minister to every life and every heart individually. And you would give them clarity, specific instruction on how it is you're asking them to, to adjust, to change, to, to alter, to ensure that they live and build a life that is eternally significant, not temporarily passing In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. I want to ask you three questions today. And the the way that I would like for you and I to consider how we're building our life is simply by giving you uh, not three points, although it's kind of three points, but by just asking you three questions this morning. And here's the first question I want to ask. If you're taking notes, question number one is this. Are you led by the urgent or are you led by the voice of God? In other words, uh, how is it that you make the choices and the decisions that you make? How is it that your schedule and that your priorities are, are put in place? Are you led by that which is urgent, the pressure, the stress, the the cultural or are you led by the voice of God? There's a story in the book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. We won't read that, but you can write it down if you're a note taker. But it's a story about two sisters. You've probably heard the story before, uh, but it's about two sisters named Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary. And and the story goes something like this. Jesus, he enters into Martha's home. And Jesus coming into Martha's house, uh, Martha, like any good Connect Group leader, shout out to all my Connect Group leaders, P.S., quick uh, insert If you have not signed up to be a part of a connect group, you should do that today when we're done. Not right now, but you should do it today. But uh, like like a good connect group leader, Martha, she she begins to just make sure the environment is prepared. Is, is the scented candle burning the right way? Is is the candy bowl set out with the right candy? Oh my gosh, like we're it's a global pandemic. Can we even have a candy bowl? Is there hand sanitizer? Is the food gonna come out of the oven? Oh my gosh, Bob, did you clean did you clean the bathroom? What did the kids and were she she's distracted? She's serving. She's again it's a good thing, but she's serving and she's making sure that everything's the way it should be because Jesus is in her home. He's sitting there and he's teaching and, and Martha notices. My sister Mary is not helping. I, I'm up making sure the environment is the way it should be. And my sister is not. And so she goes to Jesus and she goes, Jesus, um, qu- question for you. Would you mind encouraging, maybe like put it part of like your sermon that, that Mary should like get up and help me? And, and this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, Martha, Martha. I I can see. He pegs an internal condition. He says, I can see. You're worried. You're distracted. And you're troubled by many things. In other words, the reason you are rushing around serving, you're rushing around doing everything you think needs to be done is because you're led by the stress, the pressure, by the worry, by the distraction that you feel on the inside. He says, yet Mary has chosen the one thing that is needed. Mary has chosen the one thing that is needful, and that is to sit at my feet, to hear my words. And he, he says, Martha, you're busy serving distractedness will, will come and go. But what Mary has chosen will not be taken away from her. There's a scripture I want to read to you in, in Matthew Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 25, again, the words of Jesus, he says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Did you know the wisest, most secure, more, most sure decision that you can make for your family, for your future, for your life is to live a life and build a life that is led by the voice of God, not by the pressure and the stress? And the worry that you feel. I don't know about you, but I can relate to Martha. You ever just been so worried, so busy, so distracted? Maybe, maybe you're fearful. Maybe you have anxiety, and just ah, there's just so much going on, and everything happening in Paul. And, and all of a sudden, you you start being led, and you start making decisions and prioritizing, be, being led by this by this pressure, this stress, rather than saying no. I'm at ease. I'm at rest. And I'm led by, I make decisions. I prioritize based on what I know I hear God saying, saying to me. I knew it. I knew it. Pastor Brandon's preaching. This is probably how he's going to segue and go. And this is why we read our Bibles and we do daily devotions. Not monthly, not weekly, but daily, I tell you. But but that's actually not, not the point. I love last week Pastor Robert, Um he, he said, oh, we're going to be reading our Bibles, baby. And it's true. Like, we do need time spent in the quiet. We do need secret place time that is actually a big deal according to Scripture, that we spend time reading and meditating in the Scripture and, and journaling and writing it down and applying it to our life. But, but you know that you could even be so distracted and worried by religious pressure and stress, you, you have this checkbox in your heart and in your mind of all the things that I'll never forget when we had Evelyn. She's our firstborn. Um, she's six now. And she was probably about two years old. She was our only child at the time. And, uh, you know, I'm a new dad. I'm still trying to figure out how do I do my quiet time with God in the morning and have a small child in my household. And uh, so I, I, I got her up one morning or really she got up one morning and um, I made sure she was set up, had cartoons going and. Um, had, had a snack and some apple juice and I was going to kind of make sure she was set so I could go spend time with God and I'll never forget sitting down at, at the dining room table opening my Bible and I just, I just felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit just nudge me in that moment and go um, w- what's more significant right now? Making sure that you get through today's reading or going over there and Cuddling up with with that little girl and taking advantage of this moment that will be here today and gone gone tomorrow. Let us not be so distracted by worry or stress or pressure that that we just start getting on autopilot and making decisions and prioritizing based on cultural pressures, based on religious pressure and not stopping to say the most secure way I can live my life is to go to Jesus, hear his voice, and do what he tells me to do. Second question I want to ask you is this. Are you pursuing that which is temporary, or are you pursuing that which is eternal? In other words... Uh, Where is it that you are spending your time, your energy? Where is it that the treasure of your life is being spent? Because for a lot of us, again, we have the foundation that is laid, which is Christ. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I attend church once a week or maybe twice a month. Or I caught it online on Saturday as I was going to the grocery store. Um, But... But not the foundation. Uh, Are we pursuing that which is, which is eternal? Yes, the foundation's been laid, but are we pursuing things that are eternally significant or things that are temporary in passing? Sports, hobbies, career, money, vacations, recreation, friendships, trying to build the perfect family, with the perfect white fence, which by the way, all of those things are good things. Like, I'll put both my hands up and say everything I just listed, I actually want those things as well. I want to be good in the career God's called me to. I want to be financially blessed and stable. Yes, I want to have good friendships and I want to have a relational and a recreational part of my life where I'm able to to, to have this, that or the other. Yeah, I want to have a great family and maybe not a literal white picket fence, but definitely a metaphorical one. I want all that stuff. But did you know that good things in the wrong order are no longer good things? That good things, things that are like, that's, that's good, right? When you put them in the wrong order, they're, they're no longer good things. I love the Apostle Paul. I, I, fr- I forget the reference, but he says this. He says, you know, um, making decisions based on what's good and what's bad, that's kind of like one-on-one stuff. Like, like, if your argument is like, well, it's, it's, it's not bad, it's good. Eh, it's kind of like kindergarten, preschool Christianity. He says at a point when you start maturing, you stop thinking about good versus bad, and you start thinking in terms of, is this helpful? Is this beneficial? Is this edifying? Is this moving me more towards God, or is this just a, a distraction? And there's this story Luke chapter uh, 12, verse 20 um, through 21 or something like that. We won't read it, but Luke chapter 12. Jesus tells the story about a guy. And he says this guy is obsessed with just getting more stuff. He's like, I I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. And he gets so much stuff that his barns are overflowing. He doesn't have room for it anymore. He goes, I know what I'll do. I'm going to build more barns and bigger barns. And the Bible literally says, he says in his heart, because then I'll be happy. Then I'll be able to kick my feet back and relax. I'll be able to eat and drink and be married because I'll have all this stuff. And the Bible says that night he lost his life. And Jesus says, how foolish, how foolish is it to have great treasure on earth and yet be, be poor towards God. How foolish is it to construct a life made out of temporary passing things. And yet when it comes to relationship with God, be poor and desolate. He says, no, make it your aim to be rich towards God. Matthew chapter six, starting in verse, uh, starting in verse, uh, Matthew chapter six, starting in verse uh, 19 says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven for where neither moth nor rust destroys and where the thieves do not break in and steal. Listen, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you know that your heart is not a leader? Yet so many of us, our foundation is Christ And we are foolishly following the passion, the desire of our heart. Ah, just follow your heart. Hashtag worst advice ever. Because your heart's not not a leader, your heart's a follower. Could it be possible the reason we don't have more passion for God Could it be possible the reason we don't burn from the inside out with more of a desire for righteousness and purity, more of a desire to see the lost saved, more of a desire to see the kingdom of God come because we just put our treasure in this other stuff? And the Bible goes, now, wherever you put your treasure, your heart will be because God wants your heart. He says, so don't store up treasure on earth. It's good. It's fine. But make the treasure of your life, God, make make the treasure, the most precious possession of your life, intimate and personal relationship with Jesus, where you are growing with him. Number three, last question I'll ask you today. It's it's this. Are you committed to your life or or to the church? Now, now, hold on real quick. Hold on, hold on. I, I know that question probably stepped on all 10 of your toes, and you've probably already gotten off the couch. Like, that's ridiculous. This, it, it, it's a setup. The whole sermon's a setup. He's going to try to get us to do more stuff at church. Hold on, hold on for a second. And and let's consider, consider the question. Am I more committed to my life or, or to the church? Well, 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 let's stop. What is the church? I don't know if you remember this from... A a small group study that we did a number of months back, but the church is not a building. The church is not a service in person or online. Like like this is, is church, but it's not the church. A service, yeah, this is part of church, but it's not the church. Church is not a building, it's not a service, church is not a program or a product, church is community. It's people. We, we, we were on a Zoom call with our uh, LYC students and one of uh, the legends of LYC, our youth ministry, a uh, young man named Owen, serves and does so much in the youth ministry. I asked the question, I said, what's church? And he goes, church is family. That's what it is. Church is, church is the gathering of the people of God this local family community that God has called together to serve him and follow him and pursue him and leverage their life together to reach the world they live in. I want to read you this passage, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, it it says this. It's kind of a radical passage, so buckle your seatbelt if if you will. Acts chapter 2 verse 44 says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had had need. Continuing daily with one accord, they were in the temple. They were breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God. Having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I, I don't know if, you, if you've clued into this, but but do you know what people are looking for today in 2021? 20, 20, people aren't looking for, for a building to go to. People aren't looking for a program to sign up for. People are not looking for a product an address, another service, people are looking for community. People are looking for connection. People are looking for a place that they can call home in their heart. People are looking for a place where they are loved and they are valued, a place where others are leveraging themselves to help and support and build up. This is what the church is called to be. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, the New Living Translation says, hey, let's, let's like start thinking about not ourselves, let's start thinking about ways that we can encourage and motivate one another. The author of Hebrews lit- literally says, think of ways, get creative, scheme, strategize. Think of ways to encourage and motivate and help those in the community towards love and good works, toward loving God and being intimately devoted to Jesus, towards fulfilling the call that's on their life. Think of ways to motivate one another towards love and good works. And whatever you do, verse 25 says, and don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because we need each other. Because I need you and you need me. We need each other. We might not have everything. You might not have everything, but you have something. I have something. And church, the body of Christ at its best, it is a local community that comes together and, and is committed to each other. Yeah, we, we got programs and services and products, but no, we're, we're committed to one another. We're leveraging our lives, saying, "God, how can I be used to encourage and bless and help and mo- and, and and motivate those around me?" We're honest and vulnerable enough to go, "I need help." Hey, can, can I can I just raise my? I'm not doing well right now. I I I I need help. It's a family where people are gathered together, and and I I don't know. I just want to ask the question of myself, but 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 of us are we more committed to our life our thing hey yeah like 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 church i like if you know it's a really busy season it's crazy right now i got a lot going on personally and, or, or or am i committed to this this body this family this this local church we call we call lakeshore is is that my commitment because i want to be someone because i'm called here maybe you're not but i'm called here And because I'm called here, I want to have a broader perspective than just my life. No, I want to be committed to the community, to the people that God has called me to be a part of, that God has called me to serve and love and encourage, that God has called me to be vulnerable, honest and transparent enough that when I need that they can love and serve and encourage me. This is this is church. Brandon, that's kind of radical. Like, that's different. That's not, that's, not how, that's not how life is done here in America in 2021. Like, we don't make decisions just because we feel like God's telling us to do something. And we don't just, like, put all of our energy into spiritual things. And we definitely don't, like, prioritize a church or an organization over my personal life. I know it's different. That, that's why it's the life that is set apart before God one last scripture I want to read and we're done I'm going to pray for you and we're going to close but Romans chapter 12 verse 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your reasonable service The book of Romans is one of the the greatest books in the Bible that demonstrates and and explains and, and unpacks the love of God, the grace of God, the unearned, undeserved, unmerited love and blessing and favor that has freely been poured upon us. Not because anything we've done to deserve it, but because Jesus came from heaven to earth and lived the life we couldn't live took our place on the middle cross and died the death we deserved and by the Spirit of God was raised on the third day so that simply through faith in Him, we could have everything. And Paul gets to Romans 12 and he goes, hey, I'm pleading with you. I'm imploring you. Offer your life as a living sacrifice to Him. Be willing to to be set apart. Said, I don't just want to get better, do better. No, God, I want to live a life that is built and constructed with eternity in mind. I lay my life down on the altar. He says, for this is your reasonable. Just makes sense, man. In light of everything that Jesus has done, just makes sense that we would offer our life. as a living sacrifice. Maybe I'm just optimistic, but I just believe there's great things in store. I believe God has great things in store for your life and for my life and for our church, if I'm being honest. But I know in my heart the starting point is you and I saying, I want to be set apart. I don't want to look like and live like all the rest of the world. I want my life to be distinctly Different. I want it to be distinguishable because I'm because I'm set apart unto, unto God. So let me ask you one more time. Is your life being built, being constructed on that which is eternal? Or do you have a great foundation, but you're constructing your life out of wood and hay and straw? I pray. We'd be a people set apart, that we build our life on that which is eternal. Can I pray for you? God, I thank you today that Holy Spirit, you are speaking to every one of us. I pray that you would give us the power and the grace and the wisdom to know how to put application to what you're asking us on the inside. Would we be a church? Would we be a people set apart unto you that lives and builds a life out of that which is eternal, that we live and we build our life with eternity in mind, that we're led by you. We treasure the things of God and we and we have a, just a significant, a profound commitment and conviction to the local community you've called us to. God, we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.